Orgasmic Enlightenment, where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kimanami, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. Have you been raped by your OBGYN lately, or gang raped by a bunch of them? It is more common than you think. In fact, it happens all the time, all day, every day in American hospitals. It's happening right now. So every now and then I dip my toe into the sordid world of OBGYN, and I'm using air quotes now, medicine, to expose yet another hedonist, just another day in the life practice they use all the time. Most of my work, I'd say 98% plus, focuses on all of the positive ways in which we can empower and optimize ourselves, but sometimes the dark truth of what the OBGYN profession does and allows on a daily basis needs to come out so that women can understand what they deliberately are not being told. They won't tell you, so I will. We are living in an era where all sorts of corruption and nefarious behavior is being exposed. Then, armed with facts, women can take steps to avoid this genre altogether or find ways to protect themselves proactively if they do choose to utilize it. So this episode is going to be an unflinching, unsugarcoated look at OBGYN gang rape. It's not going to be ultra graphic, but to even acknowledge the reality of what is taking place is extremely shocking. The second part of this episode will focus on alternatives for women to be able to avoid having these things happen to them and how to take other powerful and proactive steps to govern their own lives and bodies. First, let's review the legal definition of rape. The penetration, no matter how slight, of the vagina or anus with any body part or object or oral penetration by a sex organ of another person without the consent of the victim. If you were passed out or asleep and a gang of men and women penetrated you, would that be rape? If they took turns finger-fucking you, would that be rape? Yep, that would be rape. There is a very secret but regularly executed practice within the allopathic medical system that consists of doctors regularly raping unconscious women. In fact, it is such a common and accepted thing that it is baked into the medical school curriculum. Yeah gang rape 101. So here's how it works. When an unsuspecting woman goes in to have any kind of surgery where she is anesthetized, there is an excellent chance that she's also going to be served a side dish of rape. Why is that? Well, while she's passed out under anesthesia, a group of resident doctors will enter the operating room and one by one take turns raping the woman. The medical term for this is practicing giving a gynecological exam on a woman when she is unconscious and we don't need to get consent because sometimes consent can be hard to get and instead of paying women to be teaching assistants and voluntarily doing exams, fuck it, we will just rape the woman when they are drugged. 
That is the medical term for it. These women are never asked or informed that they will be gang raped under anesthesia. And afterward, they will never be told that it happened to them. Some women emerge out of surgeries that don't require any kind of vaginal access and they wake up feeling sore in their vaginas and they can't understand why. It's because they've been raped. Can you imagine if a woman is also a survivor of sexual assault? and then she's gang raped while unconscious. What do you think the impact of that is going to be on her psyche? And even statistically, the amount of women that have been had some kind of sexual assault or trauma is staggering, right? Like we're talking about one in five, I believe. And then not that they, you know, are going to be receiving it. It's any worse to do it to them, but they've already got this history, right? And they're being <laughs> raped on top of the rape they've already had. So the body and the subconscious remember everything. The entire OBGYN profession is so rife with malpractice, unethical, and violent actions done to women's body that I find myself compelled every now and then to expose these things so women truly understand what is being sold to them under the guise of, quote, women's health. They're being sold packs of lies and a very high chance of a sexually and bodily traumatic experience that is completely unnecessary. So regarding the specific practice I'm talking about, which is one of many that I choose to occasionally highlight, in 2011, a medical student, a whistleblower, was extremely disturbed by this gang rape practice that was an accepted norm during his residency. He, along with his other classmates, were being instructed to gang rape unconscious women. And here's what he had to say. I was a medical student in 2011, mm -hmm. and every medical student in their third year does rotations through different specialties, psychiatry, surgery, OBGYN. Mm -hmm. So during my OBGYN uh, rotation, I, um, I was on the gynecologic uh, surgery uh, part of that rotation for about three or four weeks. And <clears throat> I would come in to work and uh, be assigned a certain number of cases, maybe four to six cases, sur surgical cases per day. And I would be with the, the, the surgery team for that surgery. And the process would be that before surgery, I would go in and introduce myself to the woman who was having surgery and say, I was instructed to say something sort of somewhat vague, like, I'm Sean, I'm the medical student on the, the team. I just wanted to meet you and say hi. Uh, then the woman would get wheeled into uh, surgery and be put under anesthesia. And once the uh, patient was asleep, I was instructed by either the resident or the, uh, the attending physician on the case to perform a, a pelvic exam for my own education, um, sort of a practice pelvic exam because uh, the musculature is very relaxed. It's an it's a, it's a effective way to do a pelvic exam. And I did this for th four to six uh, times a day, six days a week for three to four weeks. So easily a hundred students or a hundred patients. Mm. Easily that was a hundred patients. I did, yeah. And then how many students were in your class or how many students were doing, were practicing in the same way? Yeah, about 60 uh, students per class and it's a different class every year. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of patients. Mm. I knew it was, was wrong from the start. So I, I knew that this was not an ethical way to practice or even a moral way to practice. But... Um, there's also a very rigid hierarchy within 
medicine and a medical training. And as a medical student, you're at the bottom of that hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are, can be severe consequences to going against that. I did as I was told due to um, the hierarchy of medicine, but also, frankly, because of my own lack of courage at that time. Sean estimates that in his class alone, they would have performed about 6,000 gang rapes. When Sean questioned his instructors about the ethics and legality of gang raping women, he was quickly shut down. So he took it further to create legislation in Hawaii, where he was living at the time, to ban the practice of raping unconscious women. And this makes a total of only seven states in the U.S. that have banned doctors gang rape. The other states are California, Oregon, Utah, Illinois, Iowa, and Virginia. So in those states, you're safe if you want to undergo some kind of surgery, no matter what it is. You could get your fucking tonsils taken out and get gang raped. So as a result of speaking out, Sean was blacklisted from applying for residency in Hawaii. This is how the system protects itself. So it is fantastic that this guy spoke up, and it's great that Goddard and others are bringing attention to this insane practice and she was making a film about this and I don't know what happened to it but they're also saying things like is this ethical we should question the ethics of this no for fuck's sake the question isn't whether it's ethical it's whether it's even legal it's rape how crazy is it that multitudes of so-called doctors are trained like this and yet no one says a word or bats an eye except Sean, I guess, out of the hundreds of thousands of physicians that get trained and nobody says anything. So that's how brainwashed these people are to have no regard, respect, or care for the people they work on. They come to dehumanize them. And this is a quote from Phoebe Fryson. She is a medical ethicist at Oxford, and she says, Interestingly, research shows that while first-year medical students largely find the idea of practicing pelvic exams, i.e. rape, on women under anesthetic to be morally problematic, the longer they spend in medical school, the less they see it as an issue. Some have labeled this process, which shows up in many aspects of medical education, as ethical erosion, unquote. So on the indoctrination of OBGYN, so through this and, you know, allopathic doctors in general, because it's residents that they make these rotations through different fields of specialty. And so every single doctor who trains ends up doing this, at least in these places where it's legal to do this. So through this heinous practice, this is what is being continually reinforced into these indoctrinations in training. One, we don't need consent from women. It's totally okay to rape them. Two, we as doctors have control over women's bodies. These women have no control because we've taken it from them and they don't even know it. Ha 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 ha. And three, it's easy to treat women and their genitals as non sentient beings. Any woman who has ever received a pelvic exam will tell you it is not pleasant. And I have said before that it's akin to rape. I have never ever had my genitals touched or treated as roughly, unless I was really wanting it, haha, or with as little care and kindness as when I have had pelvic exams. 
So why is it that women are only the ones subjected to them? Men aren't told that for every year of their lives, they need to go into an office and let someone unpleasantly penetrate them to remind them that they have no authority over their own bodies. I guess men are told to come in and get something shoved up their asses after a certain age. And even this is rapey, you know, an ass, if it's not fully warmed up and ready, would be excruciatingly painful to have a finger rammed up it, even if you had a ton of So let's talk about this whole outsourcing of power and knowledge. Women and men come to me and they have no idea how their own bodies work. They don't understand how they get pregnant. I mean, they get the egg and the sperm part, but they don't know that a woman is only fertile for one week of the month. The fact that we have such a massive abortion rate tells us that women use abortion for birth control because they don't understand how their own bodies work. They have outsourced that knowledge to a so-called professional slash rapist or a pill. They're their little girl. You just take these little pills, them their pills, and you don't ever have to worry about it. The female body actually gives very clear signs of fertility and the lack of it. You only need to learn how to read them which contrary to the business protecting lies that OBGYNs would try and tell you, it is a very easy thing to do. But the problem with this method from an OBGYN perspective is one, it's free. And two, it puts the power back into the hands and vaginas of women. And that's not where they want it to be. So this whole, the natural birth control techniques I talk about in all of my salons, because to me, this is essential body knowledge that both men and women ought to have. So the gynecological exam is the first initiatory ritual in a lifetime of outsourcing sexual power. The messaging is a stranger, a doctor, knows your body better than you ever could. A young girl is forced to lie back and have a strange man or woman penetrate her in what will quite possibly be her very first sexual encounter ever and told to lie there and take it, right? Like, let's say her very first uh, pap smear test, you know, like this rite of passage. It's like more like a rite of rape, you know, and abuse. So a metal device that looks like an instrument of torture and feels like one too is prodded roughly inside of her. And trust me, it's always rough. It's like they really don't want you to enjoy it or they want to take some kind of control and really show you who's boss of your vagina. It's fucking sick. So The process really is part of this ritual submission and humiliation and complete lack of respect. And perhaps it's this callous and cold treatment of women has its roots in the raping of unconscious patients. There isn't any real-time feedback, no communication from the woman about how anything feels. And that's the larger ethos that is continually drilled into doctors and their patients. Who cares what she thinks or feels? It's irrelevant. Let's deliberately not listen to the body, the messages it gives us, or this woman, and instead we will impose our snake oil treatments of band-aids onto her. Allopathic medicine never ever actually heals anything. The true definition of snake oil is their profession and the so-called treatments that they give out. Got acne? Take the birth control pill. Oh, uh, does that heal the acne? No, it just suppresses it. And when you go off the pill, boom, your acne comes back. 
Uh, but, but do you have anything that actually gets to the root cause and fixes it? Do not question my authority. Got painful periods? We'll take the birth control pill or we'll cut out your uterus. Uh, do you know what the cause is of my painful periods? No, do not question my authority. That is snake oil, folks, pure and simple. These people are scam artists and the last people I would trust on earth with my sexual or general health. So what am I then saying about pelvic exams? Well, for starters, I have not had a pelvic exam or a pap test in years, at least over a decade. Why the fuck would I? (laughs) I know my body and I know that it is healthy. So women are told that once a year they need to trudge themselves into a stranger's office, allow them, probably usually a him, to stick their hands up her vagina, shove a metal probe as far up as they can get it, and scrape the insides of her cervix, her innermost core. And we call it medicine. I call it violation and a disgusting use of power to subjugate women. Is this awful ritual truly necessary? Or is it more of a show of submission as a deep right of submission that you could possibly give a person, you know, a woman? Lie on your back, open your legs, and let a complete stranger probe your most sacred inner self with an instrument of torture. If you are truly concerned and you want external validation about your health, and the only reason you would is because you have bought into this system, then you can receive these exams from a midwife or a naturopath. They are very likely to treat you with more respect, and frankly, it's not hard to rise above the OBGYN standard of WHO re medicine and then if there is anything of concern they can offer you more holistic treatments their first suggestion is not going to be to remove your internal organs and what the fuck is with that anyway what is the fascination with harvesting perfectly functioning female body parts organ removal surgeries are sold as wouldn't it be amazing not to have your period again If you ever get proposed this option, ask your OBGYN if these body parts get resold. And if so, what is their commission on the sale? Look, I know these are tough conversations to have, and honestly, they are sickening things to think about, but they are happening all the time, and they have become normalized. My job is to bring your attention to them and let you decide whether these things seem right moral, ethical, legal, or even sane. Self-knowledge is the highest form of power. The ultimate is a woman being so in tune with her own self, psyche, and body that she knows when something is wrong. Not only is she aware of her monthly cycle, not only does she know the dates where she'll be fertile and the dates where she'll menstruate, she can just feel if something in her system is amiss. And I know to some people this might sound far-fetched, and I have spoken before about how not only am I very sensitive to the goings-on in my own body, I can actually control the length and the duration of my menstrual cycle. For years, I have chosen to have a period every three months and then every six months. I talk more about this in my magical menstruation episode, and I tell you my techniques for doing this in the vaginal kung fu 
Excellent. But we're told that this is beyond our control, right? Well, not necessarily. It's that people are trained to give their power away. Think about animals and their instincts. They just know <laughs> we are animals. And as animals, we have the same instincts, but they keep getting bred and conditioned out of us. Every pap test, every mammogram, every ultrasound, every unnecessary succumbing to the power of others removes us from our own and perpetuates the narrative that you are powerless. You must seek out the help of others. You cannot hear yourself, you cannot heal yourself, and you cannot know yourself. My truth and the truth that I try and awaken in all of my listeners and students is that you have the power. The greatest source of power available to you is right there between your legs. Indeed, as a woman, this is the portal to other dimensions and the gateway between life and death. Throughout the ages and in other cultures, this awesome power has been respected and worshipped. It was known that women had access to the unseen worlds via their vaginas. Know thyself. The most important thing that you can do is to cultivate sexual self-knowledge. And as I've said, so many women come to me and they don't understand their own feminine cycles. Don't you think the job of an OBGYN might be to educate them about that? No, because then women could control their own bodies. So many women have come to me and they've never even put their hands in their own vaginas. The figure of the OBGYN has become this priest-like intermediary between you and your sexuality and your body and your health, just the way priests are portrayed as necessary gatekeepers to God. Well, you can skip the gatekeeper and go straight into self-knowledge and God-knowledge. You can find both in your vagina. So where do you start? Number one, I would say, is self-exploration. Touch yourself, experiment, take your time, adventure on, around, and in your own body. You can use just your hands or you can use accessories like our Holy Trinity Couture dildos that you can find in my Anami Alchemia online shop. However you do it, the objective is to get to know yourself. It's not necessarily about having an orgasm or squirting across the room, but simply getting so familiar with every single nook and cranny of your vagina, of your inner landscape. I have a fantastic video on Yoni Massage on my YouTube channel, and I walk you through that step by step. And there's an extended version of this practice in my vaginal Kung Fu salon. Second suggestion would be to use a yoni egg. She is the best. Ancient cultures knew the importance of sexual self-mastery, and now you do too. Not only does the yoni egg practice build strength and sentience, but you also reconnect to your sexual energy and integrate it into your entire being. Most women have numb vaginas, and the current OBGYN paradigm also reinforces this sense of dissociation. You can gain it back and get to the place where your vagina is your compass in life. It's guiding you. Your orgasms and your pleasure become your true north and inhabiting your sexual, orgasmic, and creative energy makes you a beacon to manifest and attract what you truly desire in your life. 
Third up would be listen to your vagina. Cultivate a conversation with your vagina. Huh? What, what's she talking about? Yes, I'm serious. So let me give you an example. So lube, artificial lubrication, is touted by most so-called sex experts and OBGYNs as a girl's best friend. Women are encouraged that anytime they have a dry vagina that they ought to slather on the lube. Well, revolutionary thought. What if we listened to the vagina in instead. If the vagina is dry, let's ask why. Is the woman truly turned on? Is she feeling connected to herself? Is she feeling connected to her partner? Does she have layers of unresolved past trauma that her vagina is trying to communicate to her? We need to learn to speak the language of vagina. The modus operandi of the allopathic world and OBGYNs is to run ramshot over the messages of the body and to ignore anything it has to say. Nowhere is this idea and metaphor more clearly encapsulated than in the practice of raping unconscious women in the name of science, where the woman and her body have been completely and totally silenced so as to be not even important, not even part of the conversation. So no wonder most doctors are total fucking morons and can't heal anyone. They were never actually trained to listen to a woman or the patient and their body. They were taught in both subtle and overt ways to completely disregard it. In contrast, the Anami way is to listen, to get to know, and to be in such constant communication with one's higher wisdom, and in this case, vaginal wisdom, that it's second nature. Women's vaginas aren't stupid and they aren't faulty. In this example of lubrication, if she isn't getting wet, it's because she isn't turned on physically and or she is shut down emotionally period. (laughs) I will do a full podcast on lubrication in the near future, but suffice to say, no, it's not because hormones or because menopause or because had a baby. It's because the vagina is trying to tell you something. I often give the example of a couple having an argument at breakfast, and if they haven't resolved it by dinner time, it's going to show up in bed. She might not get wet or have an orgasm, and he might not get hard, or he might premature eject. Everything shows up in the body and everything shows up in bed. All right, so check out my other very important episodes on this topic. These are podcasts as well. One's called Real Cures versus Obsolete OBGYNs, and another fantastic one is Questions to Ask Your OBGYN. And I actually have a PDF on my website that you can print out and take into your doctor's office with you to vet these assholes. And also check out Don't Take It Lying Down is another good one. And if you want to cultivate true vaginal self-knowledge and mastery, join me in my Vaginal Kung Fu Salon, which begins in February. You can sign up to the mailing list on my site at kimanami.com and look for salons and then Vaginal Kung Fu, and then you'll be notified of when we open registration. And when you sign up to that list, you'll also get access to my free Vaginal Kung Fu video series, which is a preview of the salon. For now, you can purchase one of our Yoni Egg Salonettes, which is like a mini version that you can get right away through the Anami Alchemia online shop. These are starter egg kits with instructions to tide you over until Vaginal Kung Fu begins early next year. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.